0: Welcome back to another session of Changing Times podcast, Healthy Mind, Healthy Life series, managing your thoughts from a biblical perspective. Today's topic is suicidal thoughts and their impact on you with your host Miss Jay and co-host Miss Shay. Thanks so much for joining us again today Miss Shay. We hope these episodes are helping you to take inventory of the thoughts you think each day so that you can filter out the ones that are creating chaos and confusion in your mind. You see your thoughts and struggles are widespread, you know. Some of the things that you experience are others Actually, experiencing those same things. But no one deserves to suffer silently when there is a community of people out there who cares. If the devil can isolate you from others, he can insulate you to nurse mental wounds from your past that may drive you to do something drastic like taking your own life. According to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, it is the 12th leading cause of death in the US. In 2020, 45,979 Americans died by suicide. That is alarming. Mm -hmm. In 2020, there were an estimated 1.2 million suicide attempts. That is an astronomical number of preventable deaths. You see, we can win this fight by simply knowing from a spiritual perspective why so many people fall prey to this horrific Horrific and egregious societal problem. Suicide is not confined to a specific group of people. It's not based on race, color, gender. It doesn't matter who you are, but it has also found its way into the church. Sadly, an internationally well-known pastor with a thriving ministry who over the years led thousands to Christ, not long ago shared his uh, testimony on national television about losing an adult child who suffered from mental illness for many years and ultimately took his own life. From the time his parents noticed signs in their adult child's behavior, they tried desperately to seek professional help from top medical professionals to no avail. Although this pastor's adult child became a statistic, it doesn't mean you will be one. Stay with us as we dig deeper into the root causes and remedies of what you can do to spiritually arm yourselves from this demonic inspired force of evil. The story you just heard is not an isolated one. So it stands to reason why we need to pay more attention to indicators in a person's speech, behavior, and mental acuity that reveal that something is wrong. You will find victims among friends, family members, roommates, coworkers, in the marketplaces, etc., that are going through the same traumatic experiences, but maybe too embarrassed or perhaps unwilling to share with others intimate details of their life kept secret because they really do need the help. They just don't know how to get there. A lot of people arrive to those places because of past hurts, uh, disappointments, discouragement, failed relationships, or even coveting something or someone they want and can have, feelings of being betrayed, experiencing the death of a loved one, sickness or loss of job, not enough money coming in to meet your monthly obligations can also spark suicidal tendencies and otherwise mentally healthy people. Thinking along these lines, uh, Ms. Jay why do you think suicide has become such a widespread phenomenon in today's society? And what issues do you think may lead some people to take their own lives?
1: Uh, let me start by saying, Ms. Jay, first and foremost, there are people suffering from um, uh, medical issues, Uh, chemical imbalances in their life. We're not talking about those people here. Yes, that's correct. Um, I want to make that perfectly clear. There are times where people find themselves believing what others say about them. They don't know their true identity. And so therefore they become um, victim to a toxic environment, toxic mindset, and they start believing whatever they're being taught or heard about themselves in that environment. And so they find themselves in a hopeless situation. They don't feel like life can go on in their eyes. They don't feel like anyone will miss them. The world will be a better place without them. And so, yes, they do take matters into their own hands by removing themselves. They, they feel like their loved ones may be better off right. if they weren't around.
0: So it sounds like a mindset.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, there's no questions that suicide is a,
0: is a mindset that pe- people buy into. Uh, That is typically the result of an unrenewed mind. Uh, An unrenewed mind sees everything through the lens from a uh, a carnal or fleshly perspective that is conformed to the standards of a worldly mindset. Uh, When you are in Christ, your old mindset is replaced with the mind of God, a new way of thinking that brings new light to the way you see things according to the standards of a new kingdom, which is a heavenly kingdom. And then there are other variables uh, that contribute to a negative mindset when certain expectations are unmet, like unforeseen occurrences that bring discouragements and feelings of despair. But understand that these are byproducts of, of the carnal nature. Your carnal nature produces thoughts that are contrary to the mind of God. The Bible tells us that Satan is a tempter. He's the one that tempts you to think those kinds of thoughts. He is the culprit behind every thought and ideology that works against you. When you have a renewed mind, you begin to see things from a different set of lens, but there will always be a target on your back by whom the tempter, Satan. What he wants to do is he wants to get you to revert back to your old way of thinking. You see, temptation is one of the weapons Satan uses against you to embrace your old way of thinking by keeping at bay wholesome thoughts that breathe life and bring encouragement. Remember, in our earlier podcast, we talked about how negative thoughts are injurious uh, to our mindset that can result in making bad decisions. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13, and the living the the living translation living bible translation that says but remember this the wrong desires that come into your life aren't anything new and different many others have faced the same problems before you and no temptation is irresistible you can trust god to keep the temptation from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it for he has promised this and will do what he says he will show you how to escape Temptation's power so that you can bear up patiently against it.
1: Notice mm-hmm. the word temptation is used three times in the next in the text. It means first in the sense of to attempt, and then in the meaning of to try, to test. Temptation is what the enemy uses to gain entrance into your mind by provoking you to make brash mm, decisions wow. with a sense of urgency without considering the consequences.
0: Wow, that is so true. And of course, when you act on ungodly thoughts, the devil is now in the driver's seat of your mind, but he doesn't have to stay there because you have the authority to kick him out by telling him where to go. So let's do this. Picture your mind as a sanctuary. What is your first impression of the word sanctuary as it relates to your mind? You may not be able to equate sanctuary with the person's mental state because we tend to think about church, right? Right when the word sanctuary is mentioned. However, both are correct, but let me give you the correct description before we get to the next point. The biblical definition of sanctuary is a consecrated place. The Hebrew word mikdash means holy. Webster's Dictionary says it is a holy or sacred place, a building or room for religious worship. It also means protection, from danger or a different situation that is provided by a safe place. In First Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, it says, Don't you yourselves know that you are God's sanctuary and that the Spirit of God lives in you? If anyone destroys God's sanctuary, God will destroy him. For God's sanctuary is holy and that is what you are. Wow. Yes, we have God's protection. He is going to protect his sheep. Absolutely. You see something exciting in the scripture? You've heard it right. You are God's sanctuary. It's right there in front of you. That's great news for you and for me. So you see, The word sanctuary is not only used to describe a holy place in the physical church building, but it also applies to you. The scripture says that you are God's sanctuary, which means your entire spirit, soul, and body is under the auspices of a Holy Spirit who is magnificent, who leads you and guides you and directs your life. That's the greatest news I've heard today, sis. So if if one of the meanings of sanctuary means protection from danger or a difficult situation that is provided by a safe place, we know already, right? Who is the safe place? It is the Holy Spirit. When you have his protection, Satan may desperately try to gain access to your mental space. But what he doesn't understand is that you are fully protected
1: by the Holy Spirit. If you have an alarm system in your home, uh, I think you guys can relate to this. Burglars may be able to gain entrance into your home by forcing, um, by force. And the minute they do, they will trip the alarm. That's right. The police will be called and dispatched faster than they can even exit um, the home. (laughs)
0: That's so true. See, because the alarm, actually, the Holy Spirit is our alarm system. I love, I love this analogy. He protects us from enemies who trespass against us by giving us the power and authority, like an alarm company, to ward off the enemy, to we'll ward off spirits from gaining access to your sanctuary. Yes, That's nice. you. <laughs> The Holy Spirit is always with you to render aid in times of trouble, but it doesn't mean troubles are necessarily going to overtake you. Problems are a part of life, but you don't have to be a victim. Everyone has mental challenges from time to time, but until you get a tight grip on protecting your headspace, you will continue to be taunted, and haunted by past hurts from people you trusted and believed in. But understand that you can rise above any circumstances that may come your way with the help of God. His plan is for you to soar, to grow, and to become everything that he has destined you to be, no matter where you are, from where you're from, what you've done, you've heard it said, life is unfair and at times can be overwhelming to the point of wanting to give up. But let me tell you this. You matter to God. You don't have to feel hopeless. You don't have to feel helpless to the place of no return because God is right there right now waiting for you to just ask so that he can do and, and he could watch over the words that you're asking him, Lord, I need help. He will watch over every word to bring it to fruition. He will watch his word to perform it, that you will see the manifestation of what you believe God for in real time. You see, some people are prisoners in their own minds, and everywhere they turn, they see darkness. I'll call this mental abuse from demons and bombard your mind with lies like no one loves me. I can't do this anymore. I can't seem to prosper in my life. I am unable to find employment. No one seems to care. No one is there for me. The person I considered a trusted friend betrayed me. I feel useless, abandoned, unworthy, unhappy, and the only option left is to take my life. Duh, where did these lies come from? It certainly did not come from God. Does this sound like you or someone, you know, that would quote such horrendous things and to self prophesy things that are lies from hell. We believe the spirit of suicide is birthed out of a broken heart, along with the mindset that has been acclimated to things that God never intended
1: you to be acclimated to. That's right. Since suicide is a global pandemic of epidemic proportions that is taking the lives of so many precious people that will never have a chance to fulfill God's given potential for the benefit of others.
0: That is so true because suicide is a spirit that is crippling our nation by prematurely cutting short the lives of gifted and talented people that can make a major contribution to society. That is enough reason to be fully aware of the human condition and the human experience so that we can recognize there is always something to overcome in this life. So as a community, we learn together and we grow together, which helps us to be more sensitive when confronted with mental issues. Uh, We can play a part in our deliverance and the deliverance of others Uh, by helping them to overcome their demons through the process of healing. Yes, it's going to take time. Yes, it takes discipline in your thinking, and it takes time to manage them. But rest assured, you can and you will get to the other side of the mountain simply by trusting and believing in the promises of God that all things are possible to those who believe. I can't begin to tell you, this is my personal testimony, I spent many years battling images that appeared to be real just by wasting valuable time meditating on thoughts that appeared to be real that should have been banned from my headspace long ago. I'm sure that sounds like many of you. There have been times in my life I fought hard not to resist these horrible thought patterns, especially the ones that lingered in my mind that seemed like forever because I could not for the life of me. Discard the ones that continue to haunt me like a dog chasing a cat. Until I realized the devastating effects they were having on my life, I then decided to do something about it.
1: For the people who are struggling and seeing to, um, with no um, solution inside, it's going to result in an attempted at suicide. Whereas in many cases, many are successful. The devil is skilled and reminding you of how bad things are and that the only option left is to disappear by killing yourself.
0: That's right. He uh, he would like nothing more uh, than to make you feel devalued and unloved with feelings of worthlessness and, and hopelessness with no purpose and no future in sight. Think about one of your favorite songs that play repeatedly in your head like an unforgettable offense that never goes away, even with time. And what about the players? What about the offenders? It's like watching a movie. You're the actor and the offender is the co-star. The movie shows you encountering the one you were hurt by and on impact, your mind focuses on the offense committed against you and anger begins to rise inside of you. Can you imagine letting someone have that much control over you, Miss Many people have. It is like giving your wallet over to a stranger and telling him or her to do whatever they please. Spend your cash, use your credit cards, the same as relinquishing your rights to someone you don't know by handing over everything you own to the devil. For some people, this is their reality. Another example is if you disagree with someone close to you and admit the disagreement, you try just. Dest- to settle your differences in love but the person wants nothing to do with you. The person you loved has decided to throw you under the bus and sever the relationship. Instead of walking away with dignity you personalize it and glowed over it for days, months, maybe even years. You shared it with 1, two, three, four, five, 10, 15, 20 people. Those people that perhaps are in the same boat, have the same experiences, so that you can get sympathy and later make attempts then to reconcile with the person who discarded you to no avail. What a waste of time. Mm-hmm. What did you just do? You just handed them over the keys to your mind so that they now have complete control over it.
1: A very dumb thing to do when that person has already shown you by their behavior who they are and that you are not included in their future.
0: Yeah, I love what Maya Angelou once said, when people show you who they are, believe them. I love that one.
1: Sometimes people use you as a scapegoat by placing blame on you to further justify their attacks against you with little or no regret for your feelings.
0: There there are no regard for your feelings. That's true. So in that regard, it is time to sever the relationship by moving on with your life before it ends up in ruins, less the human attachment. There are bitter and better things that await you. Because of those relationships, those toxic relationships, these are the ones that are spiritually detrimental and keep you in bondage. You are too valuable to wait around like waiting at a bus stop for a ride that never comes. Free yourself. You are not responsible for someone else's mindset, relationships, for a reason, for a season, and some forever. Get over the ones that end in a day. You can do better, and you've got better things to do. Sometimes these experiences result in imaginary thought patterns that can provoke you to take your own life. Experiences like these teach us that there is no greater victory than having soundness of mind. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse number 7, chronicles what it means to have sound judgment and personal abilities, personal discipline. There are abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Sometimes you may need to spiritually install an on and off switch to your mind, that activates when good thoughts come and and deactivate the ones that you don't want, like the bad ones. Another option is to surround yourself with a community of people who care, those who are willing to rally around you while you go through these unfortunate battles. You've heard it said that no man is an island, which means that human beings don't do well when isolated from others, and that we need to be part of a community to thrive at our church, we've talked a lot about community because community is very important for growth, Yes, to grow spiritually, not just to grow the church, but to grow spiritually. For example, large plants provide shade for smaller plants that need it, as corn does for lettuce. Some plants just work better together. And like people, they need companionship to thrive. We need each other If more people join hands with others who are struggling mentally, more people would survive suicidal attempts, attempts, let alone significantly reduce the ones that succeed. It's all about community and bringing awareness to hurting people who feel locked in by their circumstances when it seems there is no way out. Sometimes life has a way of catching you off guard, which perhaps makes you oblivious to your surroundings. We are not always aware of the number of people struggling with mental addictions who are crying out for help because many of them live their lives in obscurity away from the public eye. You are even someone you may know, may, that you know may be experiencing suicidal thoughts, which I characterize as demonic terrorists that prey on innocent people. And of course, their main purpose is to destroy every ounce of life left in your life and along with your willpower to resist taking your own life because that's their modus operandi. So many people have been deceived by the spirit of suicide at such an alarming rate that even family and friends are sometimes shocked when they discover the mental battles these family and friends and loved ones are experiencing. This reminds me of an amazing story story of restoration and redemption in John chapter 5, verses number 2 through 8, where a vast number of disabled people, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed, frequented a place called the Pool of Bethesda in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate. This is a place that is north of the temple near Fort Antonia in that day. The Pool was surrounded by five covered colonnades. During Jesus' time, the pool of Bethesda lay outside the city walls. It was at this pool that Jesus performed a miracle showing that he is greater than any human malady and that superstition and religious folklore are foolish and feeble substitute for faith in God. One day, a man who was paralyzed for 38 years was waiting for his opportunity. To get into the water. But guess who shows up? Jesus. He comes along seeing this man's condition and he asked him, do you want to get well? The man replied, he had no one to help him get into the pool because every time he tried to get in, someone got in front of him. Imagine being in this condition for 38 years. He goes there every single day. It's sad. No one want to help the man. That's the selfish mentality of humans. How disgusting, how despicable. But a miracle happened one day when Jesus asked him a question. The same question he's asking you. Do you want to be healed? And the man replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred.
1: Excuses.
0: I'm just throwing that in there. He says, while I am trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. Maybe he needed to be like the woman with the issue of blood. She pushed her way through the crowd and said, forget y'all, I'm reaching for my healing and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get there. But this man believed the Urban League about the stirring of the water. He blamed the fact that he was never healed because he was tardy, he was late. No one helped him get into the water. Miss Che, with all the resources this man had, why do you think he remained in this condition for so long? Does this man sound like the average person's response to adversity? Jesus, no one was there to help me. What do you say to that?
1: I call it pride. 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 Exactly. We don't want to ask for help. He had all the people around him who could have helped him. He could have asked for help. But no, he made up every excuses of why he couldn't get healed.
0: You know what's so interesting is with authority and power, Jesus instructed the man to do something he never thought he could do on his own. Yes. Because of excuses that held him in captivity in that condition. Jesus said, Get up, pick up your mat and walk. And we're telling you today, get up. The man did as instructed and was healed. Instantly, what an amazing story of restoration and redemption. After 38 years of confinement, Jesus shows up unannounced to address the needs of one man, Are you that man or that woman? How long have you been struggling with suicidal thoughts? How long have you been in that condition? Can you relate to the paraplegic man? How many excuses can you recite that have prevented you from getting the help you need when people may have reached out to you, only be turned away? Or how many excuses can you recite that kept you in bondage because the devil lied to you and told you, no one cares, so you decided that it is useless to get help. Perhaps there have been God sent people who reached out to you to no avail because you refused their help. These same people who came to your aid have now thrown up their hands, walked away, and left you to die in the desert with unfulfilled promises in your hand that is fading away like a feather in the wind. You may be one of several people in the room. Let the paraplegic man who felt abandoned and isolated with no one to help him. I've got news for you today. There is someone who has foreknowledge of your story, someone who picked you out of the crowd and is saying, Get up. Pick up yourself and walk. His name is Jesus, and he is willing, ready, and able to render help for you on the spot if you let him. Your life is worth living. Your life is worth something, despite what you've been told, despite what others have said about you, despite the feelings you have about yourself and how you see yourself. Be your unique self, the person that God created you to be fearfully and wonderfully made. He is hastening toward you now to free you from a suicidal mindset that had kept you in bondage and in captivity for years. It's your time and it's your season to get out of your head and get into God. He is extending his hand to you right now. Jesus wants to save you. So thank you for listening today, whether you have never confessed them as your Lord and Savior, today is your opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I love you. I receive you now in Jesus' name. And until next time, we love you. Take care. Be safe. And most of all, stay healthy and keep a healthy mindset.
1: Amen.
2: Did it-